Hey y'all, <laughs> this is Nina Hughes with a new episode to Misplaced the Podcast. Um, Yeah, let's just get into it. So the title of this podcast today is You're Never Too Old. And um, this podcast is in dedication to this week that I had and the week of just conversing with sisters and um, even my own blood sister. And, you know, I spoke about that briefly where me and my blood sister had disconnected for a while, for a couple of years or whatever. And um, we would talk, but it wasn't the same. It was very, uh, hey, hey, okay, okay. And as of recently, it's become... Hey, sis, what you doing, sis? I can't wait to see you, sis. And it's been amazing. It's been beautiful to just um, reach this level of healing. And um, yeah, I'm excited because sisterhood is important to me. I've lost a lot of friends through the years. um, And I take accountability for my part. Um, However... You know, some of these friends do not want to take responsibility or accountability for how they possibly didn't show up for me as well. Um, But there's no um, love lost. I still love them dearly. Um, Yeah, I still love them dearly, but I'm learning to be okay with outgrowing friendships, whether it was um, your fault or not, (laughs) you know. Um, sometimes it's no one's fault. Sometimes it's just literally you outgrow, um, friendships and that's okay. So I've really been decompressing that in regards to building sisterhood again and having these important conversations with how important platonic, um, familial, um, connections are like for these past couple of years, it's just been romantic partners after romantic partners like back to back to back and it's crazy because I've never really been that type like I've really been the epitome of what y'all call a hoe <laughs> like and and like there's no shade because I before it became a trend to be pro ho I was definitely pro ho and I was definitely one of those people that is like we could connect but we don't need to attach and we don't need to have no title like we could literally vibe have a good time go out fuck and then be about our business and we don't ever have to talk again and there's no love lost you're not disposable we just we just know what it is we're having fun like you know what I mean a lot of people get into these situations where it's like oh my god it's so good I want I want to lock this forever rather than like you know I don't know what forever look like. We don't know what forever look like. So why is like at this moment, why can't I see this as forever? Like today I want this, I want this feeling forever. And then when tomorrow comes and I see you again, I want this forever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Why does forever have to be like imprisonment basically? But yeah, so I've always been that type of person. But I noticed as I became insecure, the more I depended on um, romantic validation and, um, it just became excessive, like back to back to back to back, no breathing room. And I miss having 
homegirls. Like, I miss having conversations outside of romantic love. Like, I want to talk about nothing. I want to talk about everything. I want to talk about goals and plans. I want a vacation with homegirls. You know what I mean? Um, It's a different type of intimacy that comes with friendships that I feel like I'm lacking right now. And I miss it. And... Um, don't get me don't get me wrong. I'm a loner, and I definitely believe there's loners out there that are better without having all these connections with people, and um, their lifestyles are extremely valid. But as I get older, I'm realizing that I've never been a 100% loner. I've been a self-sufficient person. I think we need to start using that word. It's not about being a loner. It's about being self-sufficient, meaning I was okay with seeing my homegirls once a month. I was okay with seeing them once every three months. I was okay with speaking to them every once in a while just to check in, like, you good friend, you need a conversation, blah, blah, blah. I was was that person. I was okay with that. I was okay with having a family get-together once a month. Every other moment, I was good being on my own. I was good chilling by myself. I was good going places by myself. Like, I've been self-sufficient since childhood, you know? So it's like, as I heal, like, deep-rooted motherfucking trauma, I realize what I crave right now and what I've been craving in the past couple of years in regards to, like, reaching out to people. And it's, it's genuine friendship. So I went off on a tangent there, but no, nah, in this episode, I definitely want to like decompress on conversations and events I've had with sisters. And uh, like I said, including my own sister, Evelyn, um, on like growing up fat and, um, not only growing up fat, but like forgetting our childhood desires and, and once and thinking that we're too far gone in age to ever make that happen. And <laughs> don't get me wrong, some some shit, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but there's a lot of things that you've wanted as a child that was realistic that can still happen as an adult, you know. And um, I also want to talk about, you know, like I said, growing up fat and how that was just like a death sentence death sentence to our sexuality and self value. Um I also like touch on speak um on I speak on personal experience. I don't know what language that just was. I don't even know what language I just spoke. What the listen, it's early in the morning. <laughs> it's early in the morning. Maybe that wasn't even ebonics. I don't know what the fuck that was. But anyway so, you know, I start heavy in my episodes. Y'all know I do because I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's, that's the rhythm of life to me. Like you start off heavy and you learn the lessons and you, you gain this knowledge and you apply it and things just become easier. So let's talk about it. Just a few days ago, something happened in our community. A 16-year-old child. We're going to 
you know, for the, for a second, because I want y'all to just hear this. We're going to take out race and we're going to take out size. A 16-year-old child was shot and killed. Shot and murdered. And I'm pausing because I want y'all to hear that. A 16-year-old child was shot and murdered by people that are supposed to quote unquote protect and serve us because I ain't gonna say their name because you know I don't know if they they gonna try to block my shit but they're supposed to protect and serve us I'm not surprised by that and I'm gonna say it again I'm not surprised by that. I stopped being surprised by these people um, killing us, oppressing us, um, exploiting us, all types of shit. I think what has hurt me in the past couple of days is that our people has have been criminalizing a 16-year-old girl. criminalizing a 16-year-old girl, justifying the murder of a 16-year-old girl, holding her accountable for having, holding her accountable for lacking traits and qualities that adults I know today are lacking. And it hurts and it makes me angry because I know for a fact it's because she's black and she was big. So the first thing that happens is that they disregard her as soft. They disregard her as emotionally distressed because remember, black women, mind you, black women can be angry. They can't show resentment. They can't show anything outside of holding somebody down and being submissive. If you ain't got no no mammy-like um, attributions, you ain't shit when it comes to black women. Black women are, are mammified. So... Subconsciously, these people, our people who are doing this and, and justifying it by saying she was doing this and that, she should have been doing that and, and this, that, and the third, and then they wouldn't have to protect and serve and, 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 and kill her. What they really saying is she was big and black and aggressive because she couldn't possibly be emotionally distressed a child having to be in foster care already having to uh, possibly be bullied because of her size because of her complexion having to accept the fact that though both of her parents are alive they are not taking care of her she's living in someone else's home 
she can't possibly be struggling mentally. She couldn't possibly be emotionally distressed at the moment when they were shouting, put down the weapon, yet she couldn't hear because all she felt was adrenaline. All she felt was uh, fight or flight mode. What happened to that fight or flight mode? What happened to that basic understanding that people tend to, to have? Why wasn't it applied to this child? It wasn't applied to this child because these same people, especially these women that kept keep coming with this hypothetical, but if she would have killed that child in the pink. That's, that's the hypothetical. That's the justification to why her murder was justifiable. It's because these women are the same type of women who hung out with a fat friend and expected that fat friend to be a mother, to be a nurturer, to be a comedian, to be the protector of the group. Because there was no other options for a black fat girl growing up and personally I've went through that too I remember being 15 16 years old and carrying and carrying certain things that I wasn't supposed to carry because I felt like there was always a target on my back because I was big if I was hanging out with my homegirls that were always smaller than me people will always want to fight me to um, proclaim their 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 strength and 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 their badassery or whatever the case may be. Even though naturally, what I've learned is that I'm not a fighter. Don't get me wrong; I I could fuck some shit up. <laughs> and once again, that's because survival of the fittest. I had to grow up knowing how to fight. Not that I wanted to know how to fight, but I had to learn. I had to be ready. Vaseline in the pocket, headscarf in the pocket, like always prepared. Like I never went out without, I never went out without these things. I was always ready. And that's for every young black girl, especially in the hood. But you add size to that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You better choose out of being the mother, the nurturer, the comedian, or the um or the protector of the group or not. It's a target. And this is how a lot of y'all been viewing this young girl. A lot of y'all saying young woman, that wasn't a young woman, that was a child. That was a child. Let's normalize let's normalize that cuz we're quick to dehumanize. We're quick to oversexualize. We're 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 quick to uh, is it a word adultify whatever adultify black girls especially when they're bigger so you ask yourself where's the worry for black girls and, and women where's Where's the support? Where's the anger? The rage? Where are these things? 
when it comes to black girls and black women. And mind you, black girls and black women are always the front line in these in these revolutions. They're always the front lines and yet they're always always excluded from the same shit that they fought for. They're excluded from the shit that they created. They're excluded. They are the backbones, but they're excluded from the body. Like, what? Black girls are robbed of everything from aesthetics to dancing to joy to love to protection to support. They are robbed of every single little thing. And the fact that y'all are okay with this happening, our people, I ain't talking about the other people. Our people, the fact that y'all are okay with this shit hurts me. It saddens me. I don't need no fucking evidence. I don't need to be, I don't need to see this video of her being killed. I don't need to see nothing to understand that that was fucking excessive excessive force. I don't want to hear shit about anything. Because just a week ago it was defund the police. Just a week ago it was hashtagging George Floyd. Just a week ago it was fuck 12. They ain't for us. Now today is they was doing their job. They was protecting and serving. That's what we pay pay them for. She she shoulda coulda wouldas. You ain't gonna tell me that shit ain't in ain't, ain't, ain't rooted in fucking self hatred. Y'all ain't gonna tell me that ain't that ain't rooted in fucking racism. Y'all ain't gonna tell me that ain't rooted in fat phobia. Y'all ain't gonna tell me they ain't rooted in y'all fucking hating black women and girls. Somebody gotta hold y'all motherfuckers accountable. And I'm deeply saddened mostly by the women that call themselves mothers. Cause y'all be quick to cry when somebody comes from for your motherhood. Oh, you ain't you have a child first. You ain't gonna come for me being a mother. You ain't gonna do this. How fucking dare you sit there and justify the killing of a 16-year-old girl? So you never seen your child become outraged. Growing up, you never seen girls in the hood be so emotionally distressed that they react in a manner that is tend to be violent. You understand why men pull out guns, but you can't understand why a young teenage girl may react the way that she reacts. Something's got to fucking give. And with those hypotheticals, first off, if your child was the one in the pink, then yes, question your motherhood. 
Because no child should be bullying and taunting and coming and popping up at people's houses trying to make them emotionally distressed to, the, to begin with. We need a lot of fucking healing to do. And somebody is not holding it accountable. Somebody is calling it, coddling the fuck out of our community. And I'm, I'm done with it. Ain't no fucking way. Ain't no fucking way this is justifiable. Ain't no fucking way you should be able to sleep good at night knowing this shit happened. Ain't no fucking way. So that's my piece on that. And like I said, I'm not going to keep enforcing this this care that needs to be had when it comes to black girls and black women i'm not going to keep pressuring people to 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 care but i'm going to keep speaking my fucking mind and i'm going to keep i'm going to keep calling it out i'm going to keep calling people out for the lack of empathy for the the bare minimum like i said if you take race and size out a 16 year old child was killed Let that marinate. And if you're listening to this and in the beginning you was, you was one of those people that justified this shit. Let this marinate. Stop being wrong and strong. Stop trying to be so firm in your, in your stance because your ego just won't allow you to be wrong. Really sit with it. Why am I justifying the killing of a 16 year old child. No scientific evidence. No nothing else. Just morally. Why am I justifying it? Why am I okay with this? Because laws. We already know how laws was established. We already know how this system is built. Spiritually speaking. Morally speaking. Whatever the fuck you believe in. Speaking. Why am I okay with this? Now, I know I sound passionate about Micaiah Bryant's um, murder. And rightfully so. Um, I always want to be supportive and uplifting. And um, I don't know a source of protection when it comes to black girls and black women. Um, especially the ones growing up in the hood, like, um, it's extremely important. And on a personal level, on a personal note, um, it just hit me extremely, um, hard outside of her being a child was the fact that I saw myself in that child. 15, 16 years old, that was me, you know, um, just always fighting for my life, whether it was at home, whether it was on the streets, whether it was in school, um, I was always fighting for my space, for my right to, you know, to the right, to rights to my autonomy, um, 
sexual abuse, all those types of things. Like I was fighting to be seen, to be heard because especially being fat, like that even diminishes you even more. And I don't think people want to acknowledge that. I don't think people want to accept that. But um, even as an adult, like I've had so many um, experiences with fat phobia and especially deep rooted fat phobia, like those people that think they're inclusive to the people that think they um, they don't have preferences and they they love all types of bodies. Um, if anything, those are the type of people that are harder to, um, get them to identify their fat phobia and their, um, their mistreatment of people of bigger size. And for example, I was, um, dating someone and I remember it was supposed to be a great weekend. We were supposed to, you know, have a great time and, I remember waking up and just complaining about my body, like, you know, and me thinking that this person knows me because they know that my love language is words of affirmation. I was just like venting, you know, I think people have this issue with um, thinking that when people vent that they want solutions. If I didn't ask, how can you help or how can you help me? don't give me no fucking solutions. Like, like I know that sounds harsh, but it's the truth. Like, and if you don't want me to vent to you, you can simply say, don't vent to me if you don't want solutions. And I respect that. I respect that more um, than anything. So this situation was like, um, this person did prefer a certain type, thick women, dark-skinned women, and here I am, light-skinned and fat, no, not thick, fat, no ass, no hips, no titties, <laughs> just fat, and um, I woke up, and I was just like, you know, sorry for my dog in the background, his boy sneezing, and, and shaking, and all of that, but um, I woke up, and I was like, you know, I don't like how I, you know, look today, like, I don't like, I've been insecure about my body, and et cetera, et cetera, and just, you know, just decompressing and venting and yeah I was and that was my fault as well this is about taking accountability too I was expecting this person to tell me but you're beautiful and your body is gorgeous and I understand that you may want to change it and you know we can gradually work on that but for right now I just want to tell you that your body is beautiful and it's amazing you know something like that this person was like, all right, then let's go to the gym. And I was like, no, I don't want to go to the gym. We were supposed to have a fun weekend. Marley, stop it. Get in your bed. Get in your bed. Get in your bed. Let's in your bed. Sorry. <laughs> we supposed to have a fun weekend. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to go to the gym right now, you know? And, um, I was honest. I was like, I don't want to go to the gym right now. I'm, I was just venting. That's what I said. I was just venting and just saying how I feel. And it was like, nah, but let's, they said it again, let's go to the gym. We go to your, your place, get you some gym clothes. And, um, yeah. And let's go work out. 
And I was like, but I just told you I don't want to work out. Like, I don't want to do that. And this person became so upset, so pissed off that they cut our weekend short and sent me home. They said, yeah, I don't think I want company today. And I was so hurt. And a lot of people be thinking, but they was trying to come up with a solution. And it's like, oh, this dog. <laughs> and it's like, I didn't want the solution. And I told them that. But because I didn't want to take them on their offer, they became upset. Knowing damn sure if their preference was laying in their bed and made those comments, it would be different. It would be a lot of honoring, a lot of softness, a lot of, oh, but baby, you're perfect. But because subconsciously they also viewed my body as a problem, that there was that was their opportunity to enforce that change. And I was so hurt. I was so hurt. And I kept it to myself. But I was so hurt, and then I had other situations where it's like, let's go on dates. And it's like, oh, yeah, we should go to the gym. And it's like, what? I wake up, and I'm like, hey, you know, I don't feel as good. Okay, well, you need to do this, and you need to do that. And it's like, you know, I don't feel good about my body. Oh, well, you need to do this, and you need to do that. It's never affirming. It's never a safe space to say, hey, today the things that people think about fat bodies is falling heavy on me to the point where I'm thinking it's my truth and I'm accepting it as my truth. And I just need you, the person who I am most intimate with, the person that I lay with, the person that I share my body with, to affirm that what the world is saying about my body is not true. But instead, what I get is partners who tell me that what the world is saying is true and that I do need to go heavy the fuck up and, 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 and work out and, and do this and do that to change my body. And um, a lot of people would think, oh, that's minor. And it's like, no, it's not minor. Coming from an adult who had to deal with being skinny at one point and then being overfed to become fat and then when you become fat you are degraded um publicly privately beaten for it abused for it um being told you would never find anybody just um the comments on your body when you see your extended family aunts and cut well not really cousins but aunts and and, and uncles and them commenting on your body and wow, you so fat or, you know, you refusing not to eat as much as you do at home when you're with this, you know, your extended family because you don't want them to comment on, oh, you're not supposed to be eating that. And them saying, oh, you don't even eat that much. So I know you, you know, your mother just stuffs you up and, and, and this, that, and the third and not knowing that it's like, no, I'm hungry, but I'm just not eating. And, um, Just all that internalized trauma when it comes to you living in your fucking body. As an adult, I'm still navigating whether I am full, satisfied, or just eating to cope. 
still going through therapy to learn about this. So yeah, this 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 hit home for me on so di- so many different levels. It was the, the the murder of a child. It was the the sexualization. The adult, I, listen, a, 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 a making this child an adult because of her size. It was the um, degradation, the justif- justification to the abuse and the br- brutality of this young girl. All of that hit me on a global, on a personal, on a co- collective type of uh, level. And since finding out about it, I've been going back and forth with Naomi, divest, you can't save the world, right? Divest, 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 divest. You've been doing this for so many years, divest, divest. But then I can't divest in out of something that's so personal at the same time. Like, so I've been trying to sit with why seeing this is so triggering outside of like a collective type of thing, but so triggering on a personal level where I feel like I'm also being attacked, you know, personalizing it, um, and yes, I personalize it because it affects my community. It's happening in, in my community. It's happening to my community. But also, why is it hurting even my child? My, my, my inner child is crying. And that's what I realized. That's what I realized. And that's how it actually fits in with the you're never too old. Like, you know, people saying... Oh, she looks older than her age, or you know, when you're 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 first when you're when when you're black, they 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 just for some reason make you out to be an adult. They they refuse to say teen, young child. It's always young man or woman or whatever the case may be, young woman. Um, then you add size to it, and it's like they treat you like you somebody's grandma, like somebody's mother, like you birthed six kids or whatever. And um, I feel like if you take age out of things and you just see people as people, um, age wouldn't matter when somebody's murdered. Age wouldn't matter when somebody's abused. Age wouldn't matter if somebody is being refused, um, is human decency, you know, like the bare minimum. Um, you're never too old to, to be loved, to be respected, to be honored, to be appreciated, to be acknowledged. You're never too old to show kindness or to be the recipient of kindness. Um, and these are the conversations that I've been having, like with my sisters in regards to fat phobia, the murder of Micaiah, um, 
yeah, this week has been heavy, you know. Um, but on a brighter note, we also spoke about, you know, how we've all been tapping back into things that we said we were too old for. And um, realizing that um, that statement, you're too old, is 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 a it's a um it's a trauma response response. Like I always say, I'm too old for something, or you know, now it's oversaturated because these are things that I thought about years ago, but everybody's doing it now. I can't do it, and honestly, it's an excuse. It's another reason to blame, you know, to blame something else and to mask, like, my true reason to why I don't finish things. It's just simply my insecurities. So, like, I was having these conversations and um, it was like, do I avoid attention because I'm an introvert? Or because I'm I'm insecure. And it's like, shit, am I in, introverted because I'm insecure? Like, you know, you ask yourself these questions, um, especially the more you look into your, your childhood. And like I said, like, the, the events that happened this week really made me go back into my childhood. And not only for the traumatic moments of, you know, helicopters circling me and surrounding me. Um, and me not being able to move because if I moved just a little bit, y'all already know what would have happened. Um, the fat phobia from family and friends and lovers, all that shit. Beyond that, I went back to remember the kinder moments, the gentler moments, the softer moments. Because since being diagnosed with bipolar, I really try to, um balance out my thoughts and my feelings so for every negative thought I try to think of two positive and um I just was remembering myself as a child and um you know before I became fat I was so outgoing and outspoken and was ready to step into anybody's anybody's face and make a friend like it wasn't even on no aggressive shit it was assertive it was like hey be my friend like you know what I mean um I wasn't afraid to take up space. Like, I'll be dancing everywhere. Like, don't be playing that reggae music because I'm, I'm finna dance. Don't play that bachata because I'm going to dance. And um, I was so outgoing, always wanting to explore and and just have friends and always want to show them unique, weird shit about me, you know? And um, I realized I'm like, am I really introverted? And maybe I am introverted, but... Um, selectively extroverted you know what I mean but all these years I'm like no 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 I'm an introvert I don't like attention but it's like no Naomi you like attention but you like genuine attention you like healthy attention you like um being recognized for what you bring to the world and that's okay that's okay so how are we gonna get back to that and first we're gonna have to do the shadow work we're gonna have to do that shadow work and that's like taking ownership for my missed opportunities and it's crazy because 
for the past couple of years, I want to say two to three years, I've been blaming others for my inabilities to prog to progress because it's always that, oh, they scarred me. They left me in a fucked up position. They took everything from me, blah, 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 right? Just hella excuses. Like they did, they did, they did, they did. And that's why I am, I am, I am, I am. And it's like, but Naomi, you know, it wasn't up to them to heal you. You know you can't depend on motherfuckers that hurt you to heal you. You can't depend on motherfuckers that hurt you to uplift you. You can't depend on motherfuckers that used you to pour back into you. So why you keep blaming them? And listen, there's a thin line between accountability and self-pity and blame. See, a lot of people confuse that shit. Like you want people to be accountable for what the fuck they did. Sometimes you know what accountability is? Them removing themselves from your life or you removing them from your life. That's accountability. They lose access to you. Accountability ain't always, oh yeah, I hurt you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I fucked fucked you up. Oh yeah, I abused and used you. Oh yeah, I did this. Oh yeah, I did that. I am sorry. I am changing. That's not always accountability. Accountability can simply be them getting the fuck out of your fucking life. Moving out of your fucking way. That's accountability. Move the fuck out my way. Sometimes we confuse self, you know, we confuse that with self-pity and blame. And there's nothing wrong with self-pity. Like, I I genuinely believe that there's levels to this shit. Okay, you could pity yourself for a second. You are a victim. You are hurt. But then what? Yes, you can blame them. Of course. Them, that's, for example, let's say you have $1,500 to move. But that person took the $1,500, stole it from you. Yes, they are to blame for the reason why you can't move into this new place. But then what? After that blame, after that 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 already realization that realization of who's to blame, who's to blame, who's to blame for that $1500 um missing. You can't blame them for for you not finding other ways to move forward. So now it's okay, how am I going to get this $1500 back? Am I going to take them to court? Am I going to go stack up another way? How am I going to move? Yeah, I may not be able to move into this space. But now let's look for another space. So yes, they violated. We are not questioning that. But my question is, would you rather be moving and healing or stagnant in pain. You wasting time asking God why didn't they love me opposed to how can I show up for myself in this time of pain? Y'all be asking the wrong questions. I I was that person. Like and, and this one I'm, I'm speaking from experience because like I said just a couple of years ago, I was war crying right up in this motherfucking room with nothing but a fucking mattress against my wall crying 
Why don't they love me? Oh, why don't they love me? Crying. I did this. I did that. I did everything that I could. I, I did. Crying. Why can't they love me like they love others? Crying. Boo-hooing. Eyes red. Swollen. The moment I started to ask God, please show me how I must heal. Please show me how I should move forward. I tell you, no lie, a light switch went off. Ring, 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 ring. How are you? Who is this? Ring, 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 ring. Can I see you today? No. Ring, 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 ring. I miss you. Stop calling me. Straight up. And though I wasn't as diligent as I want, I should have been. I wasn't as, um, I wasn't enforcing my boundaries as much as I wish I would have. It made a difference. Even that little, little, um, part made a difference such a big difference to the woman that I am today and because I've been taking ownership it's been um helping me like tap into my my innate desires my core desires and um helping me take accountability for not only how I show up for myself but how I show up for others you know for my community I feel like a lot of people always use this line, this fucking oversaturated, surface-level, bullshit, fake-ass spiritual line where it is, I'm sorry if the care for myself has hurt you, or, you know, yeah, like, um... People don't give a fuck or it's easy for people not to give a fuck because they care for themselves first. And it's like, that's so toxic and that's so inaccurate because honestly, when someone genuinely, genuinely, gracefully, softly, gently, passionately, compassionately, empathetically, kindly love themselves and care for themselves... That's the energy that they want to pour out into the world. So, yeah, they prioritize themselves. But they also prioritize the space that people are in as well. And not by doing a lot. Just energetically, spiritually. And if they do hurt people, it's definitely never intentional. It's never a disposing of humans because you no longer benefit me. It's with care. There's a such thing as hurting people with care, meaning, you know, you can hurt somebody who is still navigating their 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 shadow side. Trigger them, offend them. And in that hurt that you cause, you actually create a space for healing for them 
So yeah, I've been learning to care for myself in those kind and gentler ways because I want to show up better for my community, for my loved ones. You know, um, it's extremely important to me. So those that are not showing up for this young girl being killed, I, I just know that they don't love themselves truly and deeply. I just know. I just know it. I just know it. I just know that my mother and my family who chose to um, abuse me verbally, physically, um, due to my size and my looks, um, didn't love themselves, don't love themselves possibly still. I've learned to stop personalizing the thoughts that invade people. I have shit to do with that. And this is a part of my self-care tips. Like, number one, I've been removing myself from arguments that have shit to do with me. Many people will argue with you because they are at war with themselves. And like I just said, what you think about me don't have shit to do with me, especially if I'm not harming you. How you talk to me, shit to do with me. How you act towards me, shit to do with me. And it's been helping me and keeping me level-headed and balanced and vibrating higher. And it's been exhausting. Like, I can't, like, because I'm such a, I will, like, cuss cuss you the fuck out type of person. But that's energy wasted on someone that could be poured into me. And that's what I'm learning. Some situations definitely require a cuss out, but not all. Literally not most deserves it. It it really doesn't. Um, Number two, I've been writing my journal um, listening to my dreams and the messages they are giving me, even my fucking nightmares. Um, I honestly, some of my nightmares have the most beautiful messages that I need to apply into my life. Um, number three, I've been remembering the desires of my younger self and affirming that I still can make it happen for her. Um, most times I believe, uh, 31 is old as hell because, being Caribbean, I should have been married with two children, a home, and all that. But honestly, that was never my dream. Like, I've always wanted to be free from titles. Always, always, always. And I'm going to repeat this story until the day I die. I've always wanted a loft. Well, I used to call it a warehouse house back then. <laughs> um, I wanted a child and two cars. And... um. Yeah, you know, that's what it is. Um, I've always wanted to create art that felt good to the soul. Through fashion, writing, skincare, makeup, talking on a radio, aka podcasting, um, and so on. These are things that I wanted to do always. Um, I knew what I wanted since childhood, but like, we all know life happens and some of us have obliga- obligations to people before the womb. And that was for me. And since then, I've severed those contracts and ties to like having to be the sacrificial lamb. And now like 
gradually I'm tapping back into the things I love and making room for those things that makes me happy. And it feels so fucking good. And it's exhausting right now. Initially, I'm not going to lie. It's exhausting because life, like, you know, you have to heal, you have to apply, and then you have to produce outside. You have to go to work. You got to do this. And and still be connected to people. So it's exhausting. But um, I am hopeful and I have faith that it's due to me reaching the outcome that I want to be in. You know? Um, that was what? Number two? Uh, no, that was number three. <laughs> um, number four, I dance whenever I feel feel manic. When I feel like I'm becoming manic, um, rather than be off the wall manic with impulsiveness, um, I dance off the burst of energy. I clean up. Excuse me. I hum. I write. I actually do math, y'all. Like statistics help me focus on something else than emotions, and it has helped so much. Like it's crazy. Math has helped me tremendously, and um. I mean, scientifically speaking, it it, it makes sense because math teaches you to use logic, to focus on logic. And like during my mania, I'd be needing that shit because leave it up to me just not wanting to like try to balance it out. Yo, it wouldn't be pretty. And I'm going to be honest, like my impulsiveness is, is sexual. It's self-sabotage. It's. I'll quit my fucking job right now. Like, it's, I'm ghosting. It's, it's a lot. And, um, doing these things really helps in leveling, leveling my mania. And it, my mania actually being something that's like beneficial, (laughs) um, opposed to like traumatic and, um, life altering. So, yeah, I think also math really been helping with that, for real. Um, I'm yawning so much, y'all. I said, God. These podcast episodes, y'all be getting the real me. Morning crust and all. <laughs> um, I've been holding on to my joy. I hold on to it by not being hyper-focused on my future. Um... I literally think about my next hour and how I want it to look. On a good day, I look forward to the next day and how I want it to look. On amazing, on an amazing, amazing day, I look forward to my weekend and how I want it to look. I literally live. Yes, I still plan. Yes, I still have goals. But the more I realize that all these rules are fucking fake and how this system of of success is another way to oppress people and make them ill, the more guilt-free I feel for breathing the way that I want to breathe. Period. Period. Like, yes, yeah, still have goals, still have plans, but the fixation to have them done by a certain time or the fixation to be this version of success that people seem to feel like is is a part of black excellence or just excellence in general, it don't apply to me anymore. I do what the fuck I want now. I do what the fuck I want now. And even if I'm still not in the place of doing what I want fully, for the most part, I do what the fuck I want. 
Ain't nobody going to tell me how to live. Ain't nobody going to tell me I got to have this by this time. I'm working on my freedom, my true freedom, my true autonomy um, every single day. Besides work, I do what I want because let's be honest, like, and that's even that. I just see more for myself and I'm appreciative and I'm thankful for the ability to provide for myself. But I see more for myself and I'm working on that more every single day. Every single day. Y'all, y'all getting these yawns today, baby. It's Sunday morning, baby. (laughs) But, um, last but not least, um, I've been dressing up again. Ah, And this is so important. Like, um, I was dating someone at, you know, at the time and, um, And, you know, I met their friends and one of their friends like saw me and I ain't gonna lie. I did look like I just walked out of a fucking flea market and not the good ones, you know, and no one really knew why I was looking like that. People from New York, people back home knew I could dress my ass off. I could make nothing into something, but, um, yeah, I, in 2017, when I lost my job because of my mental health issues and um, I attempted suicide and I had to move and I had to take what I could with me and the rest of my shit went back to New York to my family's house and I lost everything, every single thing and all I had with the were, were these dusty ass clothes and but whatever. So I met their friends and one of them was like, "Oh, you from New York? I'm so surprised because people from New York dress so nice." And I know she didn't mean it in a in a malicious way. That it wasn't malice. Like you could tell when somebody's malicious. And I know other people were like, "But that was shade." And it's like. I don't know, like, I can read people, and I just knew it wasn't shade, it it was not shade, like, um, and like I said, I could read the room, and this person has such a genuine soul, so it was like, it was a reality, like, damn, I'm not looking my best, I'm not, and I know I'm not, and at this point, I don't even give a fuck that I don't look good, because I'm just thankful that someone sees me, it was that mentality, I'm just glad someone wants to love me and wants to be with me I don't care how I look to the world like like that nothing even matters songs I don't care if your nails is dead and all that shit no no care please care please care (laughs) and I know that sounds vain and shallow but I want my partner to care Please care enough that you're going to get my nails done. Please care enough that you're going to get my feet done. Please care enough that you're going to go get me some clothes. Please care. If you met me looking fine, fine, dressed down to the motherfucking socks, like, please, if you see me not being that way anymore, don't criticize me. Don't fucking judge me. First, bring it up to me like, hey, baby, you're not 
are you okay? No, baby, I'm not okay. I'm sick. I don't feel good. I don't have the energy to do this. And then go, go cop me some shit. <laughs> go, please be, that's when you could be solution based. Like, go ahead, go ahead, go cop me some shit. Yes, please do that. And, um, but nobody really gave a fuck about me at that time. People cared about how I made them feel. They didn't care about how I felt. They didn't care about Naomi Nina. They didn't care about Naomi Nina. They did not care. And and um, they cared into their capacity. Like, I hate saying people don't care. I feel like people care in their capacity and what they think is care. But they weren't caring for me the way that I wanted to be cared for. Let's, let's reiterate that. And, um, you know, this person... Um, that had made the comment ended up giving me some items some clothing and I was appreciative of it they gave me shoes and stuff like that I didn't have anything I didn't have money to get anything Um, the money that I got from unemployment was to pay rent get food pay bills Um, the car I was driving I needed it to get from point A to point B Um, I couldn't afford clothes not even a five dollar fucking outfit I couldn't and um i didn't realize how low i was until i started to you know go to therapy or to feel good about myself and i'm like damn i don't got shit you know it was that like bell that got lifted like oh wow so since 2018 I've been buying little things here and there, still feeling guilty because it's like, ooh, I'm going to spend this $50 right now, but imagine I need that $50 for a phone bill or for or for food or, you know, it was always that. Um, but now, and I, I still have that little bit of guilt, but it's like I still purchase it. <laughs> so, yeah, I have that little, that, that guilt when I'm purchasing it, but after I see how good I look, I'll be like, ah, um, fuck out of here that was a good investment (laughs) but yeah um I've been wearing makeup again like I was even like organizing my makeup and I'm like oh my god at one point all I had was like a fucking badass foundation mascara and concealer with my favorite dark lip um I'm just buying things that makes me smile. And the more that I do this, the more I prioritize myself. The more I put myself at top value above my bills, my peers, my work, any fucking thing. So it's like the more I gift myself with love and presence and softness and luxury and rest, the more I I, I align with things, the things that are like this, I align myself with things that are, are things that I point to myself. I become more aligned with these types of things. And don't get me wrong, I'm still realistic. And yes, I budget still. And yes, it's still difficult for me to climb out of that lacking mindset due to PTSD. But I'm learning y'all. And gradually accepting this newfound mind, newfound mindset of being abundant. Okay, because your girl, when she look good, she feel good, she do good, she be good, she is good. 
<laughs> like I thrive when I feel and look good. You know what I'm saying? I demand attention without even demanding it. Like, so it's like, Naomi, I understand you suffering from PTSD and you think you can lose anything any minute, but have more confidence. If you don't believe you can secure the bag, at least be the bag for a second. Look like you got the bag already. You know what I'm saying? It's like a mind fuck, a positive mind fuck. So, yes, that's what I've been doing. And um, it feels good, y'all. You know, it feels really good um, in the midst of chaos and um, just the world just telling you you don't fucking matter and you deserve abuse or you deserve to settle or you deserve whatever or you should be thankful somebody loves you and you should be thankful that people are showing up for you and blah, 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 like having to accept the bare minimum um, the more I pour into myself, the more I realize the fuck, I think the fuck not. I think the fuck not. Fuck no. Not with this style and grace and bomb coochie. No, the fuck I think. Who? Who? The fuck got me fucked up. <laughs> listen, listen. But yeah, like, um, I wanted to end it on a lighter note because I know I was screaming at y'all earlier and cussing y'all out, (laughs) but nah, we need to be accountable, y'all. Like we need to show up for ourselves so we can show up for the community more, so we can show up for the collective more, so we can show up for our peers and our loved ones more because, Connectivity is the vibe. And that doesn't mean attachment. That doesn't mean a forever thing. It's just connectivity is going to keep us alive. And that's what y'all fail to realize. Connectivity is going to keep us alive. And like I said, that doesn't require titles. That doesn't require attachment. That doesn't require you sacrificing yourself. What it requires is for you to love yourself and care for yourself so that energy be poured back into the collective, back into the community back into the things that really truly matter like the murder of this young girl um i truly feel like when people lack empathy it's because they're at war with themselves they normalize brutality they've normalized aggression they've normalized um being killed before they have a chance to speak you know and Though usually I would show a little grace and understanding and, and I still do. I have, I'm still showing a little grace and I understand as I break things down, I understand. Um, but I also won't accept it because we're adults now. We have a responsibility to our healing. We have a responsibility to get out of that wrong and strong mindset. We have a responsibility to break cycles. We have a responsibility to grow the fuck up. We have a responsibility to not only ourselves, but to the co- to the collective and in, in any way. No, you don't have to use your IG platform to plaster about social activism and all of that shit. But you may have to have these conversations with friends in your personal life. People all have a role to play. And I feel like a lot of people think... Um, 
ignoring the their roles makes them reach nirvana quicker makes them reach peace quicker and joy and it's like baby girl baby boy you only put in a mask on and eventually that mask gotta fall off so why not fucking do the work because when that mask fall off trust me it's gonna fall hard So outside of all of that, what I'm simply saying in this episode is love yourself more gentle, more kind, more softer, because we fucking need you. Our community needs you. We need you. But yeah, guys, until next time, I love y'all and... Yeah, follow also follow my um my new IG page as styled S T Y L E D by B Y Nina and I N A Hughes H U E S on IG. Um I'm getting the girls ready. Yes, I call myself the fairy style mother. Um and this is inclusive. This is especially for the fat girls that look like me. We ain't got no ass, no titties, no no hips, fat belly. And that's okay because we still fine. We still matter. We still luxurious. Still got bomb coochie like. And we deserve to look the part. But it's also inclusive to all types of bodies because I love bodies. <laughs> I love women, you know. And um, there's always space. It's always space. There's no competition. I don't, when I see a woman, I don't see competition. I don't. I, I love to see someone flourishing and and doing what the fuck they doing. Like, especially when they love themselves. I love to fucking see it. Um, and I created this page because that's also a role in the community. Like, like I said, I'm big on us loving each other and loving ourselves. Um, I feel like when you do that, you do more. You do more for the community. You do more for the co- collective. It's actually the, the toxic people that I love myself and I don't give a fuck. That really don't love themselves and they be hurting and they just disappointed and and sometimes rightfully so. But it's time to really love ourselves and have that energy be poured out because our community needs so much healing, y'all. It needs so much healing. And I'm, I promise you don't have to do much. No, you don't have to be the next Martha Ruth King Jr. No, you don't need to be Coretta Scott King. No, you don't need to be um, Angela Davis. You don't have to be these people. You don't have to be these people to create change within your, within your community. Just being genuine and loving yourself and pouring energy and empathy and care um, and joy, spreading joy and peace makes the difference. It heals. So, yes, y'all be well. And until next time, y'all, peace.